0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Bushy Tails Talks by Mark podcast. We're going to be having our second round with Dr. Budgie Perchman, and we will do another installment of What the Vet Does Not Have Time to Tell You, and it's about external parasites, and this applies to consultations. As you know, the guys need to see the clients. They don't have time to really get into heavy details with the people. So that's the point of our podcast at the moment. And uh, so for, without any further delay, let's hand over to Dr. Perchman.
1: How's it? Good day. Welcome back. Good don't you, sir. And welcome, everybody. Exactly as Mark said, the whole idea is when you're going for a consultation, there isn't the, the 40 minutes or so that actually should happen To give you a complete background. So we're trying to fill it in and make it easier for you to understand what's going on and to help the vet in treating your animals. In this beautiful tropical climate, external parasites abound and obviously we're looking at cats and dogs and there are plenty of them. We've already spoken about the internal parasites, the worms, and now we're going to look at the external parasites. And all the important ones are ticks, fleas, lice, mites, And then you have flies, mosquitoes, midges, biting insects, spiders, bees, and all the other things that can affect your animal. First thing to look at is, for all of these parasites, a little bit of understanding of the life cycle is quite important. The adult will feed, lay eggs, which then hatch out, to larvae, which become then eventually become adults. And why I'm bringing this out is that the eggs don't often occur on the animal itself. In other words, apart from having the environment the, the ticks, the fleas and the lice and so on on your dog or cat, there will be eggs and larvae in the environment. So you have to remember treat the animal and the environment. Okay, let's start off by looking at ticks. They have a life cycle that has eggs which are laid by the large gray tick that you see. That is the female and she's full of eggs. She will lay anything up to hundreds of thousands of eggs, which then hatch out as larvae. These are in the grass, and these then attach onto your dog or your cat, where they feed, drop off, become what they call nymphs. Those, again, attach onto your dog or cat as they come in contact with them. They climb on and they feed, and they become the adult animal. There are some 850 different species of ticks. The female tick will lay anything from, as I've said, hundreds to thousands of eggs. And these eggs in the environment, because we never have frost, because it's never bone dry, um, the temperature is always fairly high. It's almost like living in an incubator. These things can live. The eggs and larvae can survive for months or even years. Ticks will carry the tick bite fever or biliary, or the technical name is babesiosis. Another disease is ehrlichiosis. Lyme disease can cause necrotic or horrible lesions where they bite and obviously as blood suckers they will cause anemia. A point to look at with cats because we don't often see ticks on our cats. The reason is that they will constantly groom themselves. So if you suddenly find that your cat is covered in ticks, just make sure that that animal is actually not sick. It's not any, or injured in such a way that it can't groom itself. A cat covered with ticks, got to be very careful that it isn't just the ticks that are causing the problem. Right, moving on to the fleas. The adult female flea can lay 40 to 50 eggs every day for up to 50 days. Yeah, that's crazy. Those eggs can hatch in anything from 1 to 10 days, and within 21 days, they are back to the stage of laying eggs themselves. So if you want to pull out your your computer or your... Work out that the maths there. You will see that in a very short space of time, there are thousands of these things around. They will survive for many months in carpets, in places on the lawn where the animals lie, uh, as the larva and the pupa. So it's very important when you're treating for fleas to also look at the environment. What do fleas do? As blood suckers, they will cause an anaemia, particularly serious in what I would term the rather neglected pup. They cause severe itching and irritation. In fact, if your dog does or cat develops a serious itch, the first thing you need to look for are fleas. If there are no fleas, then you've got to go into the whole host of other problems which cause itching. A dog will develop flea allergy dermatitis. This develops from the saliva of the flea. What happens here is that because they have now have flea allergy dermatitis, one flea biting and affecting the, the dog will cause the whole syndrome of this allergic problem to arise. They scratch and itch, they lose hair, are really bad. And you can search for the flea and you're going to battle to find it. Because it's allergic, one flea will trigger that off.
0: And there's no way to, once a dog has that, to cure them from that. Is that I a love, lifetime?
1: They will respond brilliantly. Okay. Good flea control. Uh, be very careful with what shampoos you use. They must be... Certified for use in dogs or cats. Mm. Uh, there's a wide variety of them. I would not go mad with a lot of the parasiticides, the, the drugs that kill fleas on those. Rather use tablets or something else there. But those dogs, you can get an excellent response provided you make the effort to get rid of the of the fleas. Fleas are also carriers of the tapeworm, Dipolidium caninum, affects dogs, cats. And these little rice grains that you'll see behind the dog or sometimes on the carpet or on the bed or somewhere, that is just a packet of eggs. And it can be a big problem if you've got crawling children or babies crawling around on the floor and they come across these things, they can actually pick them up. There's a disease called botanolosis in dogs and cats, which your veterinarian would diagnose for you. And just as a matter of interest, Human problems, the bubonic plague, murine typhus, and I think called tularemia, can all be caused by fleas. So they are not happy customers in our, no. in our environment at all. A, a more rare parasite, lice, they do occur, and it is generally in areas that are not, they're the run-down areas, let me call it that. they only found in certain places, generally associated with neglect, they cause tremendous itching, cause anemia, and the animals look terrible. They've got very poor haircut, loss of weight, they're miserable, and you can see there's something wrong. And you can find the lice very easily, very easily controlled. The big problem comes in with mites. These are all microscopic insects. There are three different common mites that occur in dogs and in, in dogs and cats, but the ones we're looking at. First one would be what's called demodex, which causes bald spots. It's very common. Some breeds seem to be more breeds of dogs that seem to be more susceptible than others. And it is a parasite that will go from the mother to the pup. It's not that itchy. And generally you'll find dogs with severe demodectic manes, which is big bald spots or the dog that's gone completely bald, is immunosuppressed in some way, may well have. Poor food may well be full of internal parasites. Or as I say, certain breeds seem to be very much more susceptible to the effects of Demodex. That diagnosis, to make a proper diagnosis there, you've got to do skin scrapings and actually look for the parasite under the microscope. So a visit to the vet helps there. The next mite, Sarcoptes scabiae, Sarcops. This is a very, a very, very itchy dog. Demodex he's got bald spots but he's only only slightly itchy. With Sarcops, that dog doesn't stop itching and scratching and carrying on. They will lose a little bit of hair. This is a very, very contagious. Demodex is not that contagious, will spread with very, very close contact. Sarcops spreads like wildfire. One dog picks it up, the others will get it. and you as a person can also get it. And you develop severe itching along the insides of your arm and down on your chest. It's very easy to treat. Most of your pharmacists will have the scabies mooty for you.
0: Yeah, with this, guys, as well, just please don't go to your local pet shop and asking for assistance with this. If your dog has any of these, you need to get it to a vet. I know just with us on our shop, we have had some people coming in asking if we've got treatments. Please, you're wasting your time coming to any pet shop looking for treatment. That sort of stuff needs to be seen by a vet because they've got proper meds, good, powerful stuff that can really pull the dog straight if it's used in time and, and as per instructions. So please don't go to your pet shop asking, your local pet shop asking for help on that,
1: especially on those two items. Am I correct you saying? You are very much so. <laughs> but that's to actually destroy the mite. To restore the skin, yeah. there are some very good pet foods. There are some yeah. excellent remedies available. Um, and remember... Killing the parasite, you've you've got to get that animal back to normal. So you've got to get in there, treat the skin, don't wash it with severe human shampoos or anything like that. You need stuff that is scheduled for that. The third mite, which we see very little of nowadays, has the wonderful name of Shalitiella, also known as wandering dandruff. It occurs along the top line of a dog. It's very itchy. And if you part the hair and you have a look, you'll see little... White dots that look like dandruff, and then suddenly the dot moves. That is the one that you can see. I think ninety percent of the modern products used for flea and tick control will will knock this one out. The most important thing with all of these is your your young dog and your puppy up till about eighteen months, two years, particularly pups. It sets them right back. And again, as I mentioned, you know, you you, you can all get a bit of an itch out of them too. In cats, mites, not that common, but we have two that cause big problems. Feline scabies, nota edris itchy face scratching, the, the face is swollen, there's a hair loss, the face, the neck, and the eyelids. It almost looks as if there's cigarette ash on there. There's no hair. It's all thickened and ugly. And again, there's another one, Demodex cati, which has hair loss in flame skin crusting. It's not as itchy, but Again, lesions on the face, head, neck, and entire body. We do not see very much of it, but it, as we've mentioned with the Demodex and sarcops, uh, a microscopic diagnosis is essential. There's a lot of confusion between these diseases and ringworm. Ringworm is caused by a fungus. It's not a mite, but if you think it is ringworm and you treat it for ringworm and it doesn't respond, then you're probably dealing with a mite. Again, microscopic examination is the only way to come to um, to decide what's going on. In these animals, the entire life cycle of all mites as opposed to things like ticks and fleas takes place on the dog or the cat. Treatment is carried out on the affected animal but it's very important to treat bedding and, place, and the places where the animal frequents. There you can use anything that will really clean the thing up. Then to get to the other external call and parasites, if you like, flies, mosquitoes, midges, biting insects, and spiders. Biting flies, Stomoxus, which look very much like a housefly, but they're not, we see in dogs on their ears. They cause intense bleeding and irritation of the ear. It's quite difficult to control. There are some very good ointments that you can rub into the ears. Remember, these things did breed, these Stomoxus flies breed in decaying vegetable matter like mounds of grass, um, leaves and stuff in the gutters on your house. This is the place where these flies like to breed. So if you are having a problem, just make sure that those areas are clean. Mosquitoes can cause itchy lumps. And remember, very uncommon, thank heavens in our part of the world, they they do carry heartworm if it is endemic in that area. And there's another parasite that causes little nodules in the skin which we see quite frequently and that is carried by mosquito bites midges or mites set up an allergic reaction generally in areas where there's very little hair so you get lots of little red bumps and that sort of thing other biting insects bees spiders can cause very serious reactions just as they can in man and the, you know that treatment you need to Particularly if you know your dog is sensitive, you need to get them treated very soon. To come to the control of these things, there are a number of different products. And if you live on the coast or somewhere where the climate is such that these things can breed, very important to buy a product that covers as many of these parasites as we've mentioned. Always read the label and just don't rush for the cheapest thing on the mark that might work, but it might not if you haven't read the label. Make sure that what is registered for cats is only used in cats and what is registered for dogs is only used in dogs. And don't forget to clear up the environment. Yeah.
0: No, that's what I wanted to ask as well. Like when we were talking about the internal parasites into the environment and we were talking about the, what was it, the agricultural alarm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that also, can that also maybe apply to sorting out your fleas yeah, and no, tick problems? Yeah, exactly
1: the same. Oh, okay. well, that's um, and the other thing that often works well is... To create a proper compost heap, yeah. dig a hole because the heat generated there will destroy most parasites as well. Okay, that's interesting, yeah. yeah. And then also
0: obviously if you guys aren't winning with your supermarket bought tick and flea stuff, I know it's a bit of hectic sometimes or tight in that, but definitely get out to a pet shop and or a vet and, and try some of the better stuff. You know there's a lot of products out there that the vets carry, the pet shops carry, that will really do the trick. So if you're not winning with your supermarket stuff, don't think
1: that all tick and flea stuff
0: is not working. Some of it does help. Some of the, but
1: it's just, some of the supermarkets do sell a yes, very good range. Yeah, they yeah. do play a role and they are registered to work. Yes, But the main thing is to make sure that you actually read the label 100%. and just don't pick off something off the shelf. We've seen it in practice on a number of occasions where something registered for dogs was put on the cat. Oh. And the next thing, that cat had more of a problem than... Than just the fleas.
0: Also something now talking about that I come across is you get the odd customer that comes in and they talk about getting a chicken flea med at a at a bigger weight allowance because they then cut mm. it in half or cut it into quarters and then give it to the animals.
1: I mean that can't really be good or that's playing sort of a bit of a risky game. It is playing a risky game. Tablets do we know that the the active ingredient inside that tablet is evenly distributed? No. Yeah. Always there' are more in one corner of the tablet than the other. And with liquids, you're going to have to have a very accurate mini measure <laughs> <No>. <laughs> to, to do that. Because there, there will be even dispersion. No. But if you're going to give, you know, if there's only half a mil in the tube of, of no. the spot on or whatever it is, you've got to have something that's going to measure a quarter of a mil to be no. sure you're doing what you are yeah and then if it doesn't work then you think the product doesn't work
0: meanwhile mm. well, it's just wrong application no all right well thanks very much that was enlightening and uh, enjoyable to just learn yeah, things and um, i hope you guys are enjoying what we're doing and until next time look after yourself take care of your animals and we'll chat soon cheers <laughs>